Hello and welcome to Naked and a Little Bit Afraid. With Mel. <laughs> and Kay. Are you joking? No, join us as we peel back the layers into a space of vulnerability, unfiltered, unscripted, 100% us, fully clothed. No, I swallowed my falafel rug. Oh no, there we go. Oh well, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, Mel, I have a question for you. This uh-huh. just popped into my head. Yep. When has when is the last time you've had a juice box? Do you like juice boxes? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I think I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Look at the size of these mag daddies in New Zealand. That's a juice box. What are the ingredients in that juice box? I was. A hundred percent. No, sorry. Ninety nine percent. Apple juice. Acidity regulators, vitamin C, natural flavor. Wow. Some naked apples in here. I love it. Anyways, why I ask is because um, juice boxes are life. I've always loved juice boxes. Except for not loving the paper straws because I don't drink them fast oh, enough. So, I don't know. like paper straws. They're yeah. the worst. Avery yeah. always chews and destroys it and then she can't drink her smoothie or whatever. And you're just like, ugh. And I'd be super interested to know, like, Obviously, there needs to be glue and such to hold the, like, Mm. what? Because they disintegrate. Mm -hmm. So if they're disintegrating, obviously, you're consuming whatever's disintegrating. Yeah. Why do you have to put that in my head? Uh, This is just a thought process of mine. I don't know. I, my brother used to eat paper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, he'll be fine. Oh, I've always told him, I'm like, your time to shine, buddy. Oh, gross paper. <laughs> he used Grand. to chew it up in wads. Part of a balanced diet. Intuitive eating. He's, prob- he's probably the one making the paper straws. We're all sucking up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I just, you know, that's what I was thinking the one day. I'm like, hmm, what does it take to make this? And yeah. what is it disintegrating into? Yeah. It needs to be on how it's made. Did you ever watch that show? No. Oh, it's so cool. It's like this this show is called How It's Made. And they go into like different factories and stuff and talk about like how cheese is made. Like from farmer to manufacturer to, yeah. And like different things like that. Um, I don't know if it's still on or anything. I remember when I watching it when I was much younger on the old satellite. Oh, the satellite. Um, do you remember those remotes? Oof. Like, oh, remember yeah. babysitting? And yeah, and you, oh, the satellite. <laughs> I love how you're pointing an imaginary phone and fingering it. <laughs> no, it was actually, I read something on Instagram. This won't apply to you, Kaylin. You're too young. <laughs> and then Ryan and I were talking. It was like any of someone who was like born in the 80s and lived through the 90s. Like we were the last generation to like 
we were the last and the first generation to see the introduction of like the computer, the internet, the cell phone, like we got the best of both worlds. Like, did you have, you had a landline, obviously. And I had dial up. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. But do you remember like, was were computer classes like when you hit junior high, like already implemented? Yeah, I'd say so. Like I got, I got computers, like typing was in, not on a typewriter, on a computer it was probably like middle oh, school. Floppy disks or CDs? Um, CDs for sure. Yeah. I remember I must have been in like grade four. I don't know. You're going to have to fact check me on this one. When I, I remember it, like it was, it was clear, clear day. And I remember the first person that showed me YouTube. And it was oh. like the biggest discovery of my life. And I was like, whoa. And they're like, I'm like, what is this? And they're like, it's called YouTube. And you get to watch videos on it. You don't say. Interesting. I remember the um, Humpties, the restaurant Humpties had a floppy disk, the Humpty game. Man, that was gold. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, I guess like our computer games, yeah, definitely were on CDs. We played this Barbie horse game on repeat. And then um, when I was pissed off at my brother, I'd play, um, there's this video on my mom's computer and it was like um, this alien dancing around and um, it's like, I will survive. You know that song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and then at the very end, the alien gets crushed by this disco ball <laughs> and she doesn't survive. <laughs> And it would just traumatize Jared. Like, to this day, if I play that song, it's just, like, unlocks all of the shitty childhood memories. Oh, man. No, like, I remember driving to Red Deer to Visions, because that's where my um, cousins, my dad's cousins worked. We got our first Acer computer. And with that game, we got a CD, and the game was Pandemonium. And I love, like... I would go back and play it. And then we got like Sims and Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, Caesar. Those are the best. We had this really cool Sesame game too. Sesame Street game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We should have brought Jared on this episode. He he remembers everything from our childhood. I think I've still blocked a lot of it out. <laughs> but yeah, I was just thinking, I'm like, man, those were, this is where I start to feel old. Cause I'm like, oh, back in the day, like, you won't know, like, well, you'll just never know how great Sims was on CD. Mm-hmm. And then you would wait until Sims 2 came out. You had to wait some time for it to happen. Oh, and there'd always be, it'd be like glitching and shit. And you're like, it's okay. I got all the time in the world. I'm just going to yeah. be so patient here. Or the dial like if, up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just sitting there high pitched. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend's um, supposed to be calling me, get off the computer. Yeah. And then, um, like, I played a lot of pinball, too. Yeah. Or downloaded pinball. <laughs> or did you play Minesweeper? So I tried. Didn't love it. Well, because, uh, yeah, again, I saw something. And it was like, to all of us who played this game and had no freaking clue what we were doing. <laughs> Just button smashing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, speaking of being old, I just want to give you guys like a quick little what happened to me last night. Um, so 
uh, Summer and I uh, went out for supper with these two people from um, from Stellar, actually. So we graduated with one person, and then the other person that he married is, like, a year or two younger than us. Anyway, so we're all sitting at this table, and I just, like, can't believe it. Like, here we are. I've been graduated. I graduated 10 years ago. I don't think I've seen these people for probably 10 years, at least. And here we all are sitting at a table in New Zealand. <laughs> I was, like, looking at all of us, and I'm like, oh, my God. Shit. Like, we're getting older. You know, I don't feel like I'm almost 30. It's so bizarre. Time and age is so freaking bizarre. And then we were talking to them too because like um I said they're like why did you move Kaylin? I'm like I don't know. I really don't. It was just an opportunity. Summer encouraged me. I'm so grateful for it. I took it. I was scared shitless. And I said but now that I'm out of that town, I realized that part of it was I was feeling so much pressure. Like everyone around me was married with kids or like headed in that direction and I was just like I don't fit anymore like I that is not what I want and I said as soon as I moved here I remember sitting across from this this fire and this girl was like a lot older than me and she was like I don't have a car I don't have a job but I have never been happier I just feel free and I'm away from all of that pressure and I was like oh my god you're my kind of people (laughs) and then and the couple that I was with said the exact same thing. That she, They're like, we've been married for a long time. Well, three years. And everyone was like, when are you having kids? When are you guys buying a house? Why do you only live in an apartment? You both have a really good job. Why aren't you, like, expanding? You know, like, why aren't you? Like, and when people found out, like, that they lived in an apartment because they both have very respectful careers, there was so much shame attached to it. And they just knew that, like, we got to get out. We got to explore the world. And they quit both of their jobs and they're just excited to do like waitressing here or anything because why the frick not like life is so short and if you get married and you have kids and that lights you up that's amazing I'm not here to poo-poo on anyone's party but the pressure we put on people is outrageous and in Canada and America that's how they keep us stuck I think is they sell us this white picket fence and show you that that is the only way. Whereas in New Zealand, it's such a small island. The culture is like, you have to leave the island after you're done school to go explore, to go see everything. And I think that that's why in your travels, you you bump into so many Australians and New Zealanders because that's the culture here is you you go to school, you get an education, and then you leave. And then a lot of them come back. But it's just interesting. Like, and there's no, there's no hierarchy here of like, you can't really see differences in money in class. Like, it's just, we're all just living. It's yeah. interesting. I like that. I like the, um, like in Germany, um, like the one person, it was like, I don't live to work. I work to live. And, and like, that's a big, and like we talked about it in the episode, um, you know, like, yeah, it's um, looking back, there's not one thing I regret. 
about stopping nursing and moving to Germany. Not one. Not one single thing. And um, and I think, too, like, anything, like, we have wanted to do, we have done. I mean, if if we're capable, obviously, of doing it. Um, and, like, I can sit here in my 36th year and just, like, there is nothing looking back where I'm like, oh, you know, oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. No, I did it. And, and looking at um, our family's life now, like, you don't know what's going to happen. So that's great that Ryan and I make these wonderful plans of what we're going to do in retirement. But we may not make it to retirement. Mm-hmm. One of us might not be there. Both of us might not be there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss out on the opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, so... As long in my head now, being a mother, um, apparently, like, as long as my kids are well taken, like, care of, like, they've got food, shelter, clothing, and are loved, like, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Let's go, like, let's go to Disneyland when they're young. Why We were lucky, you know, I, you know, we could go, but why not? Well, they won't remember it. Yeah, men, the experience, like. I might not be here in five years, 10 years. I might not get to experience Disneyland with them. And again, I get there's also other things that lead up to you being able to go do these things. And I am does not fall short on me how blessed we are. That doesn't fall short on me one bit. But even then, like, like don't minimize that. You guys are not... You guys weren't just pulled out of a hat and considered lucky. You're not right. blessed. You work. You've That's chosen. True. You've had a lot of compromise to get to the point where you're at. And you guys are creating a life together. And yes, lots of people can't afford to go to Disneyland. And that's okay. That doesn't need to be their thing. Yeah. Like it it literally can be as big or as small as you want. And you know, if going to Disneyland will put you in serious financial turmoil, it's not enjoyable. Yeah. Um. So, so do what you need to do and what you want to do. And that's but the- like, do not go out and buy a bigger house than your than your friends just to have a bigger house and then the boat and then all of the things and then wonder why you can't enjoy anything because then you're absolutely trapped working. Um living to work wow was did i say that right i don't i don't live to work i work to live so yeah you live to work because yeah well that's like we've often talked like i'd be honestly it would not bother me if we moved into an apartment two-bedroom apartment like the opportunities that would afford us because the finances like i mean i love our house but if it ever came to a time where it's like man we really want to travel downsize me i don't care like yeah because I think, too, for me, anything on the exterior doesn't define me or my worth. Yep. Right? And I'm happy if people have a big house and they love it and that's what they love, cool. If you have the new car every year and that's what you love and it ignites your soul, cool. If you travel around the world and own nothing, cool. Like, do – I just think it's – yeah, we fall into this and, again, we've said it, but, like, the comparison game. When we're all individual, 
And we're all just trying to create a life that lights our soul on fire. Yeah. And I made a post the other day on Triple R Coaching and I took a picture of these flowers and they're like, these flowers are beautiful. They're wildflowers, but they're considered weeds in the vineyard. And I just said like, beautiful things are considered weeds in the wrong environment. Like, and, and I think that that's how I felt is like, I don't belong here right now in this season of my life. Like, Stetler is an amazing community, and I would be so honored to raise my kids there. And I was so honored to live there and celebrate the beautiful community that was that surrounded me. Like, that does not fall short. And I, I could very well see myself. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh. Finish it. Finish it. <laughs> I folks she's she's having some turmoil right now she's getting giggles so I don't know what's coming out of her mouth like I could see myself living there um and raising kids like I I really could but in that season of my life it was it was not serving me it was not it was definitely I was comfortable but I I really resonate with people that live out of a backpack. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, and I don't think I could, but I love the minimalistic point of views. And like, I haven't seen these people in 10 years, but we never ran out of things to talk about because I think that we just all know that there's so much more to life than working and trying to pay off debt. And I think it's so hard too when you have never done or experienced living in a more minimal because we are so bombarded. Like I know my kids right now. Right now, if I were to tell the kids we're selling everything and we're going to live out of a backpack, Avery would definitely fall to the ground. Ro would probably stare at me like, sweet, sweet. And Rael would probably lose her ever loving mind because they don't know any different. Literally, we live in excess. We do. As minimal as I'd like to be, we live in excess. And so if that's how you live, if that's what you're surrounded by, no matter what that excess is to you, you don't know any different, but there is something so freeing, Mm -hmm. so freeing to just like pack a literally a school backpack, hop on a plane and go, you don't have to worry about what to wear because you only got two shirts, two pants and like... And so you don't spend your time being like, oh, what to wear? Oh, should I do my makeup? Oh, should I do my hair? No, because you don't have makeup. You don't have a straightener and you've got two shirts and two pants. So pick. That's literally, wow. That you summed it up. When I got here, I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to wear because I wear the same freaking thing over and over and over again. But, but when you buy something new, how much do you appreciate that? Mm-hmm. Is I remember buying in Germany when we and we bought something. I just bought a new Nike shirt because my shirt was getting, you know. And I mean, we moved to Germany with a rolly suitcase, but then when we travel, we just took our backpack. But like buying something new, you really like, you're like, oh my God. And you really appreciate it and you wear it with pride or you post it like you have it on the mantle for pride because you're so it's just it you're really proud of it yeah 
Whereas mm-hmm. here I find like, I mean, I go into a store and every single time we go into a store, I have to have a fight with the kids. Like, no, we're not buying something. No, mm-hmm. we're not buying. No, you don't need anything, but I mm-hmm. want, but I want. Mm-hmm. And isn't it crazy that that culture is already so installed in them? Like just how the marketing and everything is, is like, you need more. You'll always need more. You'll never have enough. Keep going, keep going, keep pushing. And then we all wonder why we're just riddled with anxiety and depression because we can't, we can't spend time with the things that light our soul on fire, because if we do, it takes away from earning money. And then if we're, we're not earning money, then we don't have, we can't have more. No. And it's, yeah. And I just find like how you're saying at such a young age, they're so inundated. Like we don't have TV. We just have like, you know, Netflix or whatever, but Rael, we went, she had Taekwondo, her uniform has to be really white. So I just got a little bit of OxyClean. You know, we're just going to use that just for your Taekwondo stuff. As we're walking out in the parking lot, she's like, mom, did you know that's three times better than the leading detergent? <laughs> and I was like, what? I mean, I started laughing. I was like, yeah. we didn't even watch commercial. Like, where did you hear that? And like retained it. That's three times better like than the leading detergent. <laughs> oh my gosh. They are like, like, and so can you imagine what their little brains are thinking and consuming when they're seeing toys and crafts mm-hmm. like and everyone on the commercials looks like they're having the best time in the world mm-hmm. like little did you know that kid probably like played with that toy for five minutes and that was you know that was it mm-hmm. but that's happiness yeah already in their tiny like they're they don't have tiny brains but already in their like young yep. brains that is happiness yeah things things is happiness oh my god like is that not like it's so and what I struggle with like as a parent is trying to find that no like we're trying to say like things like things don't make us happy mm-hmm. the, the things like so today Rowan's like mom what do you want for Christmas you know, and I'm like, you know what? Honestly, I just want to be with family, laugh, mm-hmm. hug. It's like, that's all I need, buddy. That's really all I need. And he's like, oh, I'd like a Pokemon coloring book. Like, <laughs> But it is, it's, and yeah. And again, as a parent, you're just, it's that fu- trying to find the balance. Because yeah. it's not that things are bad. Mm-hmm. They're not bad but we can't what I want to teach a kid is we can't use these things to fill voids yes can't use these things to make other people think we're worthy Mm -hmm. again I don't care what you drive I don't care how many clothes you have I don't care what toys your kids have I just care about who you are like what Mm -hmm. makes you you Mm -hmm. and things aren't going to fill the void sure they might temporarily but that mm-hmm. thing's going to get old and then that void's still going to be there because you've never healed it. And oftentimes with adults, I think it makes the void bigger because now you have the guilt that you bought it and it didn't give you the happiness you thought you want, like we're going to receive once you get it. And mm-hmm. then it also is like, um, now you have to work harder to pay it off. Yeah. And I, and I mean, it's what a great conversation to be having as we're entering the month of December. Because like, damn, didn't again, unscripted, here we are, but yeah. we are entering 
one of the most, and I'm bastardized seasons. Like this season has so much beauty within it and we have taken it and morphed it into bloody anxiety tax, stress, Mm -hmm. hustle, financial ruin, financial stress. Mm -hmm. Like we have taken this and instead of really using this time and this season to have a moment where we can come out feeling well, we come out feeling depleted and exhausted. Yeah. Like, because we're striving for the next best thing. And again, as a parent, it's just, I always say like, who do we worry about? Well, we worry about ourselves. It's really hard to do as a parent though, when your kids go back to school and then everyone starts talking about what they got from Santa Mm -hmm. because that's what kids, they're excited. And, Mm -hmm. you know, rightfully so they got something they loved. Cool. Um, and then they come back. Well, why didn't I get this? Or Santa didn't bring me anything or Santa only brought me this, or he didn't bring me everything on my wish list. And as a parent, you're just like, (sighs) and then we ground and talk, but that that's a hard thing to listen to as a parent when your kid comes back visibly upset because they feel like well maybe I wasn't good enough or whatever and yeah Mm -hmm. so um just to piggyback off of this on Facebook the other day I saw this post and it's about like how to explain to your child about uh Santa Mm -hmm. um because like I've always struggled that with that like if I have a kid would I tell them about Santa? I'm like, well, no, that's like, that's like lying. But then it's like taking away the magic of Christmas and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ah, I don't know. And then I don't want that one. I don't want to have the asshole kid that tells all of the other kids that Santa's not real and they're being ridiculous. Um, So I read this post and it was like, uh, when you, when you have the conversation about Santa, um, this parent really told told them that like once you know the truth you can never unknow it so like do you really want to know and the kid's like yes I I have to know I want to know Mm -hmm. and then uh she said that Santa um oh god so beautiful I'm gonna ruin this but basically it was this long post but basically it's like Santa is the idea of giving um unconditionally so like I say that these presents are from Santa Therefore, I get no credit as your mom, but I'm okay with that because um, it is Santa is the idea of giving without needing to receive anything back, and I and I love that like it and that is the magic of Christmas is like giving um, without expectations of receiving and and I I just I I don't know that stopped me right in my tracks because um, yeah as parents like you guys get zero credit santa gets it all so Um, i um, really like that though and i also think that applies because again i find we've fallen into the conditional giving yeah and i think that is beautiful when you give when you gift there should be no conditions on that gift at any point in time no like and i think that that as a child has really skewed like 
when we look at the five love languages, um, gifts has never been on top on my on my top of my anything because um all of my gifts have been given to me with like guilt and a whole story behind like how hard it was to give this to me. Like, you know, I had to do so much to get this. And I'm like, oh, you know, so then why did you do it? Like, why are you now making me feel guilty? And then also it only ever happened at Christmas and birthdays. So like you you feel like you have to do this. And then you also make me feel guilty on top of it. Like Mm -hmm. gifts were just really um, rough for me. And then the universe made me work through that because people just kept on giving me random things and expected nothing back. And I was like, why is this? And then um, now I can I can say like my whole perception has changed and I am a I'm a gift giver of random shit at random times never expecting anything back and that's what excites me like mm-hmm. that's what I live for a lot of people don't get presents from me like for birthdays or Christmas or anything but they get presents throughout the year because I'm just like oh my god I saw this it's totally you I gotta give it to you and I find like gifts aren't my love language but like when mm-hmm. you gave me that necklace like that was because there was intention behind it and I mm-hmm. feel like that's why like Ryan and I don't really do gifts like on big holidays or like if he did like for instance the anniversary we don't do anniversary gifts this year he gave me something and it was just like oh, and I started bawling because it there was intention behind it I find these seasons Valentine's Day Christmas Easter da 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 it's like a well I have to give a gift now mm-hmm. well, I have to it's like no you you don't like I'll still love you if you don't give me a gift mm-hmm. and like are you you're not really like a gift giver are you no, I, so I am, I think it, because gifts are like on the bottom of mm-hmm. my love language. I mean, not that I don't like them again. It's just, I, I you know, um, anyways. And so I fall short. I forget. I literally just, it doesn't like, I'll give you my time. I'll tell you you're amazing. Like the words of affirmation time, you know, I'll, I'll hug you and you know all of that I love to hug but gifts always fall out of my mind and then it's like ooh, miss the mark because I know this person's gift or like love language is gifts mm-hmm. did not nail it mm-hmm. yeah. but I mean it is what it is yeah and just good awareness I guess and yeah I'm I don't know or I'm, my I'm gifts sh- will be like, yeah sorry my gifts you will know. be like if I walk by something I'm like <gasps> similar, like, oh my goodness, they've been talking about this, then I'll pick it up and be like, oh, here. Mm-hmm. Because we've had yeah. that convo. Yeah. Yeah, it's something. Anyways. Okay. That's a good so, one. Um, our intention <laughs> with this conversation is to talk about partnerships and just relationships in general of like all of the sorts. Um, I love that that just came out of nowhere. I mean, it didn't. I'm sure that it was very meant to be, especially heading into Christmas. Wow. We couldn't have planned that at all. That was amazing. (laughs) I don't even know how the conversation started, but I'll listen back. Juice boxes. (laughs) Oh, shit. 
Okay, but I do really want to talk about partnerships because also good for the season when we're um, hanging out with family and shit like that. Um, Also, after Christmas, I cannot wait to do a podcast about Christmas because I'm going to have a Christmas without snow and that is going to be interesting for me. There's no snow here yet. Oh, yeah, maybe we both will. I'll be pissed if (laughs) year i leave there's no snow as of right now like driving to rowan's hockey tournament on the weekend i was like it does not feel like we're in heading into december no that's crazy i'm excited i think christmas because in another country is so cool christmas in germany was so cool like watching their traditions like oh i loved it i think that um Christmas is gonna be when it gets really real for me and my family that I'm gone mm-hmm. I think that you know we can just we're doing a great job keeping tabs on each other and facetiming and doing all of the things regularly but when I'm not physically there at Christmas I think that's gonna be hard mm-hmm. yeah Christmas is a is a big thing Anyways, I'm getting choked up thinking about it, so we're moving on. Relationships. Mel, I got to read this thing that I wrote the other day. Do it. So I'm learning a lot. You know, I've spoke probably before about boundaries, and I thought that I was really good at setting boundaries. Turns out I'm still learning. Um, Shocker. But when I was in the vines the other day, just working hard, also, I have a little bit of a business idea, so remind me of that one. Um, uh, I wrote, we fear setting boundaries because we might lose someone. But what's scarier than that is not setting boundaries and losing yourself. And that really became applicable for the season of life that I'm coming into or dealing with right now is just like I've been tested in lots of different ways and it's hard because so much in my life has changed at an exponential rate and I'm like who the heck am I and what is important so it's really been trying to like trust my body and my mind and my soul for those little like nudges of like nope this doesn't align with you or hell yeah let's go and so I've I've had to set a few boundaries and I'm just like, I'm scared because I don't want to lose this person. Um, but when I put the boundary down and I know why I have to have this boundary and I respect it first, um, it's just a hard no. And it forces that person to either decide if that aligns with them or if they're going to change their behavior to mm-hmm. align with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that boundaries, especially to the people pleasers, feel very like um, not good. They're mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. even wh- even knowing this and having this message come through to me, I'm just like the other part of my brain, the old part of my brain of just being like, 
nope, you are the glue that holds everyone together. You need to compromise yourself. Everyone's happiness is more important than yours. I'm just like, okay, Kaylin, this isn't actually a big deal. Just let it slide. Just let it slide. We do not have to have confrontation about this. You're going to be fine. Just let it slide. And I'm like, no, because then that starts the toxic cycle that I have of letting it slide and then feeling like I have abandoned myself and then having so much resentment in that relationship. And I'm being come, I've had to become so aware of that toxic trait that I have that cycle of just like letting some things slide and then letting some more things slide. And then one day it happens. One day I look in the mirror and I'm like, who the fuck are you? This is not who you are. Get out. And then it just, I'm like, I gotta go because I'm resenting that person too much because I've given them too much of what is not me. And I've lost myself in the process. So that ends because now I'm aware of it and I'm making better choices and I am staying true to my boundaries. I'm understanding why they are there. I'm understanding if they are or not linked to trauma. I understand what uh, accountability I need to take in healing that and what are just like hard fucking no's. You need to respect this. But first, you have to respect it yourself. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> it Recovering people pleasers abroad, whoever is listening to this, boundaries <laughs> I still struggle. I will forever dive into the ebb and flow of setting boundaries because also sometimes boundaries have to be created when you've been in a relationship for 25, 30, 38 years, 40, however long with someone because we all are going to evolve. That is inevitable. Every single human being on this earth will change in some fashion. So that means that Ryan and I, 2024 will be 10 years married and we're not the same people when we got married 10 years ago. And so there's been ebbs and flows where it's like, no, I'm, I, I no, no, like we've had it in our relationship. No, that, no. And it's, that's scary to set boundaries when that person is your safe space because there is the fear of loss because as people pleasers, we know when we don't people please, well, in our heads, when we don't people please, we lose people. That's why we people please. And we also don't like confrontation. <clears throat> and so that's like another side of the boundary too. Like, but again, I'm not willing to compromise and lose myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to compromise to the point where I'm unhappy. There's always compromise in a relationship, but I'm not willing to compromise to the point where I am not happy in this life I'm living. Mm -hmm. And you might enter new relationships. So now you're in a new dynamic and you got to figure out how that all plays out. So I do think with boundaries, you're constantly learning. And I think the question that arises for me is like, yeah, I'm like, how do I navigate through like, what is people pleasing? What is compromising myself? Yes. What is, what is things that I can compromise on? Because that is relationships. Like what are, what are some yeah. things that are like, okay, no, I can see your side. I'm going to compromise. 
And am I seeing that person's side just because I want to be a people pleaser or am I truly seeing that person's side? So some questions that I've found very helpful is like, will this disrupt my peace? Because like that is so important to me right now. I have never felt so much peace in my life and I know how hard I've worked to get here. Yep. And so if something is going to affect my peace, um, it's a hard no. If something is going to um, provoke a little bit of fear and anxiety, but it also kind of excites me, it's a, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give it a go. And if I don't like it, I can change my mind. And then yep. it becomes a boundary. And then the other, the other question I ask is like, if I compromise on this, does it take away from me? Like, if, is this something that I can compromise without losing my identity, without losing parts of me? Um, and I think that that's, those questions just came to me. <laughs> but I think I have been applying them to my life of just getting clear on what are boundaries and what aren't. Yeah. No, and that's like, for me, again, similar, like, I can tell by my gut mm-hmm. instantly, is this people pleasing or is this compromising? Because if it's people pleasing, I instantly f- feel sick. Like, I don't feel good. 100% of the time, I do not feel good. And then the whole, like you said, compromise is my gut will be like, like you said, like, it's like that butterfly, like you're a bit nauseous, but there's butterflies in there. It's not like the straight gut throw, like, it's no, like, ooh, this does bring me a little bit of excitement. Like, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have the power to be like, nope, done, not doing it again. Mm-hmm. Like giving yourself that power to, to kind of, you have the power to say no at any point in time, at any mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the people-pleasing side, like I just get right sick. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because our pal Tina, um, we, we need to bring her on, read my human design too. I know she read yours, but she said that like with my human design, I need to take time to make decisions. And I'm like, mm, I don't think that really resonates with me. Like it's a hard yes or a hard no. I can feel it. But since she said that, I was like, oh, I get it. Because my instinct is to be like, yep, let's go. Let's do it. Let's let's do it. And then when I have more time to think about it or leading up to it, I'm like, that is, it's a no. I can feel it. It's a no. And then my people pleasing is like, well, you already said yes, so you have to go. I'm like, oh, but the, I, this doesn't align with me. I'm like, too fucking bad, go. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And it's just like this constant battle. Whereas now when something arises, I'm like, I'm going to get back to you. And I go home and I journal on it. I mean, not every, it's like you want salad or fries. I don't need to journal on that, but like, um, (laughs) but like bigger decisions. And then when I'm alone with myself journaling about it, I'm like, okay, body. Okay. Mind. Okay. Soul. What do you have to say? Like, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. And then I get clear. I'm like, this does cause me anxiety, but I'm also excited about it and I and I I feel like it it does align with me to just give it a go. Or like, nope, this is a hard no. Every fiber in my being is we're not putting ourselves in this situation. Too bad. 
not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- You're, uh, so for a lot of like big decisions like that, I'm, I ride the wave too. Mm-hmm. I ride the wave of up and down. Yes, I should. No, I shouldn't. Yes, I should. No, I shouldn't. Yes, I do. And then when I hit that, like, okay, here we are. Okay. That's the decision we go with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that time by myself is important. And I often, I'm a talker, like I need to talk it out and I, and I bring a lot of people in and talk about it, but I'm going to stop doing that too. Like, I think step one for me first is what does Kaylin want? And mm-hmm. when we journal, the truth comes out. Like it's like our, our actual higher self takes over after we get all of the shit out of our brain, like the irrational stuff. And like once your brain dump is done by the end of it, I feel like my higher self is like, this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then once I know it and I feel it in my body, I'm like, okay. And then I might talk to people and stuff and be like, mm-hmm. this is what happened. This is how I got there. And this is what I'm going to do. And they'll be like, okay, yeah, that sounds awesome. Have you considered this? I'm like, oh, no, I haven't. And then, you know, it's kind of like, it's nice to talk it out with your trusted people. But first me, I'm changing that. Like first me, because I think we can be so persuade. Mm-hmm. And especially with people that we trust, but those people bring a whole different life experience to the equation, which is sometimes good, sometimes bad. But if you're trying to stay true to yourself, you need to check with yourself. Like, you know what's right for you. Yeah. And I I, I journal. I'm not a huge journaler, though. But like, as we've established via Snapchat, Snapchat, I journal via just talking. I literally go, go, go. And generally, I will figure it out. Like, because I, mean, I can see it in your face too yeah. when you do. You're like, oh, okay, thanks for the chat. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah no problem. <laughs> or like you're sleeping. So you wake up to me just like verbal diarying for five minutes. And then I'm like, yep, that's okay. That's what I needed type of thing. Um, Because it is getting the point because we get stuck in our head. And when we get stuck in our head and we don't let anything out, like it just becomes compounded and then it becomes full. So journaling, talking, like, and honestly, talking, I'll talk by myself. Like I will just talk out loud by myself because I need to get it out. And then it comes. But there are certain situations where I just feel straight nauseous. And I know when that happens, no dice. Mm-hmm. I've been no dice. Yeah. And I think that the more you do whatever tool feels right for you, the quicker mm-hmm. you get at this. And then yeah, you can feel it in your body. Um, and it might be different for everyone. Like maybe you feel it in your heart. Maybe you feel it in your stomach. Maybe like whatever. Um, but yeah. And there's some, yeah, like some situations I'm like, nope, that's a hard no. Yeah. And it's funny because I'll, I'll feel it. I'll feel it in my gut. I'm like, that's a hard no. And my whole body will be like, like I kind of even lean a little bit to dig my heels in. And then and then my brain takes over and it's like, oh, well, yeah, maybe. I'm like, no, you know it's a no. Just say fucking no. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you don't want to make people mad. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to compromise ourselves. I mean, in the long run, it's really not and it's not sustainable. But like, wow, just so many years of just being like, my needs don't matter. My happiness doesn't matter. Confrontation sucks. I'll just be whoever you need me to be whenever you need me to be that mm-hmm. person. The first big like 
can you remember your first big like non-people pleaser moment like is it in your head oh you go first (laughs) mine's my wedding our wedding like I was very upfront with Ryan like from the get-go had two not best relationships before like we were very open very upfront but when it came to our wedding like we didn't do a traditional small town wedding bridal party you know x y and all like gift registry all of that so there were a lot of like that was the first time where I'm like oh my gosh because I just was straight up like no they're not coming our wedding small. This is how we're doing it. It's our wedding. And like, I'm wearing running shoes. I don't care what people think. We're not having a bridal party. I don't care what people think. We didn't get married in a church. And I grew up Catholic. So that was also a very big, like, who moment. But there's not one thing I regret. Mm-hmm. Zero. Like, that. Our wedding was a hundred percent what we wanted. There's not one piece of it that wasn't what we wanted. How beautiful. Yeah. And, but it, that was my very first, like that very big, like where I really had to stand my ground because also like you're dealing with your elders and people who are older than you. And that's a very scary thing. Yeah. And good for you because like how many people compromise on their wedding? like Mm -hmm. everyone but at the end of the day you can't make everyone happy and it's about you so (laughs) do what makes you happy and that's like I told Ryan if we're fortunate enough like we can help our kids if they do get married like pay like it's their wedding at the end of the day like the money doesn't come with conditions Mm -hmm. the money's like hey we would really love to help you out here you go do what you want Mm -hmm. I had my day yeah cool it was exactly what you guys wanted that's yeah. amazing Rael will probably peace out aves will throw a rager and Ro will probably just live hey, in our basement until he's 65 <laughs> <laughs> no he won't oh my he's little brownie he's gonna meet the sweetest soul oh my god and he's gonna treat her like a queen oh gosh like whoever he and oh yeah like you know you look at your kids for those listening and you're just like I'm staring at them right now and they're all so different but mm-hmm. so magical mm-hmm. like, and just speaking of Ro like seeing him on the weekend he's just he will champion you mm-hmm. on your lowest lows and your highest highs and like he we were walking out and he didn't get like um like every game they got an MVP and heart and hustle award each like one person got each word on every game anyways Rowan didn't get it and we're walking and he's just like you know I didn't get one of those awards but that's okay because I'm really happy for my teammates because they worked hard it's just like bottle you up and spray you around the population because we need a little bit more of that you know it just he is such a kind soul he is and uh, I just they're just so cool all three of them mm-hmm. some rad kids but deviating but yes yeah. it's mm-hmm. um that was my first people pleaser like that really sticks like there were other times where obviously there were issues but 
like that one sticks in my head because there were a lot of things that went against the grain. I can't pinpoint an event or a time, but I think mine were more like (laughs) identity crisis. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, with my long-term relationship, I seriously did just let things slide for way too long. And then there's just one day I woke up and I was like, I I think we avoid looking ourselves in the mirror when we know that we're not who we are meant to be. And yeah. one day, I can't, I just, <laughs> I, I can't remember. I think we talked about this. You were staring at the, when, when the fuck did I start drinking black coffee? Yeah, right? that, that moment. And when I like, because like, yeah. When, yeah, when I was on the rocking chair and I was like, whoa, like I've been on autopilot for too long. And then that time I did mushrooms and looked myself in the mirror. And everyone tells you when you do mushrooms, don't look at yourself in the mirror. It's bad. Um, but I, I was in that house with him and I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, okay, I've had too many of these events when I'm like, who the fuck are you? And when I looked in the mirror, I was just like, I'm done. I got to get out. I don't recognize myself get out like it was very much like you are less than a fraction of yourself go get out and um it was like such a powerful thing and yeah when I was drinking black coffee I'm like you gotta go and um I felt it in my body like it was a non-negotiable and then yeah once I was like okay then show me how and then everything just perfectly aligned and it was good and I got out but um Yeah. And then just as I was repairing myself, like, and I got, oh, I can't believe this. Someone in my family that has been there for me through everything, I told her first and I was like, I need to move into this house. I'm leaving. And she was like, oh, Kaylin, it's, it's been seven years. Like, you'll be fine. You know, just stay. And I was like, what? no and so then that started a whole bunch of like realizations about her toxic traits and boundary setting and less people pleasing with her um which was hard because I've given her every part of me because I feel forever indebted to her and that's not right either you know like it if we've just had kind of a toxic relationship and now like that I'm removed from my entire family um that's a really easy way to set boundaries is a physical move across the world kind of boundary (laughs) because it really forces people to they can't rely on you they can't use you they have to grow up they have to figure it out um you're not there And that's hard for everyone involved, but the calls that I have gotten with appreciation and understanding of what I was giving for so long has been refreshing. Mm -hmm. And distance really does grow, make the heart grow fonder. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's the thing. I think it's too, like, in certain scenarios, 
certain things happen with people in relationships and it's not their fault. Like they don't know any different or they don't know any better, but that's Mm -hmm. us tapping in and knowing what our values are and what we will tolerate to set the boundaries. Cause Mm -hmm. honestly, like that's one thing that I've learned is of themselves. So if you're not aware of yourself, you're not aware of what you're doing or how it's coming off, mm-hmm. right? So it's to no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. And like, so, and again, back to the, who do we worry about ourselves? We can't change people. We cannot change people. All we can do is worry about ourselves, take care of ourselves and hope that that ripple ripple effect, again, like transcends out from our own healing into the world and to those we surround. Mm-hmm. And- yeah go um and I just want to say on that topic like with that individual I understood that she was coming from the level of her knowledge and I looked at her life and I was like this makes sense why she thinks this way she's been with the same man since she was 14 and you just do it you just Mm -hmm. figure it out and I'm like do you want a life like hers hard no so then don't take her advice if you don't want to end up like her don't take her advice. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think once you set your boundaries, because I find in this day and age, we're far too quick to give up on things sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think when you know yourself and you set your boundaries, that opens you up to try to like see, is this fixable while I'm still standing in me? Mm-hmm. Not compromising, not people pleasing, but in my owning my entire being, is this relationship fixable? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. But that also takes work and discomfort because you're going to be faced with things that people see, like the mirror. You're going to be faced. They're going to see things of you and vice versa. Um, but when you know yourself, when you trust yourself, when you're standing in yourself and you have those boundaries, it's easier to walk into that space of can we repair? Mm-hmm. And I look back at that seven-year relationship and it wasn't fair to him. He did not ask me to become someone that I am not. Um, I was just too afraid to lose him. So I just did everything that he needed and wanted and became someone that I thought he could he could love. But the problem is, is like that wasn't me. And and there was no repair in our relationship because it wasn't me. And that is a huge disservice in a relationship, any kind of partnership, any kind of relationship. When you show up as you in your power, staying true to yourself, those are healthy, amazing relationships. And those people that can respect your boundaries and love you fully for who you are, are the people that are meant to be in your life. Mm-hmm. I love how you said um, it was a disservice to him. It, it really was. Uh, because again, we far too often like to point blame on someone else. And again, like I've had some relationships in the past and, oh, I lost you there. This isn't condoning anything that was done or, but I was in it too. Takes two to tangle. Legit takes two to tangle. Um, and I wasn't standing in myself because if I was, there's no way in hell 
I would have stayed. And so I did a disservice to myself. I also did a disservice to the per like person, the people, because I allowed them also to spiral. Mm-hmm. And that is fact, and I will own that. Yeah, it yeah. always takes two. Yeah. And it doesn't that's not condoning things that are done to one mm-hmm. party or the other, but there's always two. And I just look back, had I stood my ground, not only would have that not happened, the spiral that trickled from those all those events probably wouldn't happened. Um, I don't take ownership for the spiral that happened, like, but it was a disservice. Um, and I just really like how you said that, like I did a disservice to him. Yeah. And and even with that that family member that I mentioned before, as soon as I've set boundaries, it has forced her to grow and match me where I'm at. And it has improved our relationship significantly. And that is the people in my life, I hold them to a higher standard because I always want them to be growing and evolving. And and if you're with people that are stagnant, and cannot match your energy, those aren't your people. But don't give up on them. Like, don't be like, oh, I'm vibing higher than you. Peace out. It's like, this is, you have to have those essential conversations where I'm like, okay, when you say these things, like guilt was a big thing between me and her. I'm like, okay, when you say this, you are implying guilt on me. And that is unhealthy. And I do not like it. And she was like, what? Oh my God. I, that's not my intention at all. I didn't even, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Okay. Well, it needs to stop. Okay. And it does. I'm like, awesome. Moving on. And now we've had, now we have a very deep relationship. Like we feel, I feel healthier, happier, and more connected to her because we're both, our end goal is to make this work. We're both in it. We love each other so much, but it's important for me that it's healthy. Uh-huh. And we're doing, we're undoing years of unhealthy shit. And yeah, and it just takes time. But I'm, I'm willing to do that because I know that she's worth it. And, and she has been trying and changing without compromising herself too. Just wearing it. Man. Gosh, I just love her chats. Me too. Okay, we're going to have to wrap this up. But before we do, I want to tell you about my new business idea. Yeah, please. So when I'm in the vines, when I'm working away, um, doing what I do, it came to me. I was like, oh, my God. Like the word divine, it has vine in it. And so I want to put together like this like photo book or something, you know, like those those books that people buy with like daily motivation shit. I want to I want to put one together and call it the vine, all capital vines, like the vine, no wings, and then put like all of the things that I've learned while just slaving away. In the vines. I thought you were gonna call it divine shit. Oh, maybe. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's still working on it. I've... I like it though. And then people could pull and got words of wisdom. And then when you do your book launch, I know a space that you can do your book launch. It's called Harmony <laughs> Health and Fitness Studio in Chester. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was thinking like divine knowings, inspiration from the vineyard. Ooh, yep. Love it. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted and y'all are invited to my photo so, book. If I were to open this book right now, give me one of your divine knowings. Um, okay. Well, the first one on the list is get back to the basics. So when I was like planting plants, it's just like, that's all we need. We need good nutrients, water, sunlight. Stop making life so fucking hard. <laughs> okay. I like it. Yep. You've got me. Hook, line, and sinker, especially if you put all of that in there. Yeah. Um, and also, like, yeah, I have a whole list here of just, like, um, one is, like, appreciate your damn wine. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in it. <laughs> um, where's my favorite? Um, oh, yeah. You know what? Honestly, when I first started that job, I just, I just. I remember, I feel like I talked to you guys about this. It just was like, why am I here? What is my purpose? I'm wasting so much time and energy and this isn't, this isn't for me and this is shit. Um, I understand why now. The lessons I have learned are just amazing, beautiful. Like, I think the most important one that I've learned is one row at a time and sometimes sometimes even on Mondays it's like one plant at a time when you look at a whole vineyard you're like there's no way in hell I'm making through making it through this so overwhelming but when you break it down into small bite-sized chunks you look back and you're like holy shit I've done 20 rows and I think that's life it's like when we look at our to-do list it's so overwhelming that we don't do anything and then we wonder why we're not motivated but motivation is like motion so as soon as you start small steps you end up finishing the task um so yeah and just basically farming and the people are all the same like they're just wholesome you know there's just something about grabbing a coffee and sitting around the table and shooting the shit all around the world i think it's the same same simplicity of just do good work hard leave the better leave the world a better place <laughs> yeah boom well yeah i can't wait for this book to come out i don't know how it's like the logistics of it i just you know what i need i'm gonna start manifesting someone to come into my life and say kaylin i see all of your ideas i believe in them let me put them in motion like you think them up and I'll do actually the mm. behind the scenes. Are you a manifester? Um yes. Mm-hmm. You need I your think. generator. You need a generator, pal. Yeah. That's yeah. Who's the generators out there? Um are you one? Are you a manifest- I'm a manifesting generator. Oh shocking. Got- I know. You got both traits. What a nice thing. Yeah, like that's the thing is I can I've thought of so many business ideas. And they're great, but I'm just like, mm, 
like the actual logistics behind it is what slows me down I'm like for a photo book where do I where do I start like Vistaprint Canva you know what Shutterfly like what do I do you know mm-hmm. no and then I'm, I'm just like me manifesting generator it's cool but very you can burn out really mm-hmm. fast because you've got a lot of ideas and you can probably make all of your ideas happen so you got to really sit there and be like, okay, which ones are we to bring into the world now? Yeah. And let's remember the other ones. Yeah. Which is weird that I don't have the generator, the generator thing too, because I feel like you and I talk about a lot of things and we dream and then I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I also like, don't. Or like you like a Jen is a manifester. Like she dreams up and she's like, and then I'm like, okay, go. And then I have to find all my generators because mm. they got to bring it into light. Okay. So it's like, you have the vision, you're ready. Let's go. And now you're like, okay, I need, I need my go. I need my go. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I don't know if it's like a hundred percent because no one knows what time I was born. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyways. Can- yep. Sorry. No, we could bring Jenna on and talk all about human design one day because yeah. it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Even Tina. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, good. another good chat with you, my friend. Oh, it's so nice to catch up. And you guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, we appreciate it. And we see those star ratings. So thank you. Thank you guys so much for rating us. Um, it just makes it easier for other people to find us and you know what? We love this. It's our little passion project, but in reality, it does take a lot of time and effort and we do pay for this platform. So you guys giving us ratings and telling your friends, it it helps us to encourage us to keep going. So thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Y'all rock. Yeah. You're the best. Okay. Thank you so much for stripping with us. Stay weird.